Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Monday, September 20th, 2021. This is Shannon, and I am here with Brooke, Kristen, Sarah, Stacy, and Natalia. And we are looking ahead to books coming out in October. Not too far ahead this time, though, since we're pretty close to the end of September. So we have lots of great things to tell you about. We will get right into the housekeeping information. Then Brooke will start things off, followed by Stacy, then Kristen. Me, Sarah, and lastly, Natalia. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So the first book that I'm going to talk about tonight is Kingdom of the Cursed, Kingdom of the Wicked, number two, by Carrie Maniscalco. Maniscalco, sorry. Um, So I'm going to start by just quickly reading this little blurb in the synopsis because I think you really need to hear it. So one sister, two sinful princes, infinite deception with a side of revenge. Welcome to hell. (laughs) (laughs) So... After selling her soul um, to become queen of the wicked, Amelia is going to, has to now head to the seven circles with the prince of, and he says enigmatic prince of pride. Um, And there she's um, introduced to some, a very like seductive, sinful world. And in the last book, her twin, um, Vittoria, was murdered. So she is determined to find out who killed her and to, like, get revenge. And she's not, like, she doesn't care what it takes to do this, even if it means marrying or getting together with um, the Prince of Pride or the king of the, de- or prince of the demons, sorry, not a king. Um, so it's kind of like, she's kind of in a world that she really doesn't understand yet because there's a lot of like backstabbing between the princes. Um, there's some mysterious invitations to parties. And there's also like these like clues that are kind of, turning her this way and that way when it comes to who killed Vittoria and she doesn't know what she's going to do because she doesn't know if she can rely on Wrath who she knew 
who was um, her ally in the mortal world because she believes that he has some things that he's hiding, like he's got a secret. And so while still doing this, she has, she has to set off on a kind of a mission to discover some magical items that are supposed to unlock the secrets of her past. So I'm really looking for this book, looking forward to this book, sorry. Um, <laughs> because the first one was really good. I really quite enjoyed it. It was very much, it was very different from the first series that I read of Maniscalco's, um, the Stalking Jack the Ripper books. So I'm really looking forward to it. So this is Kingdom of the Cursed, Kingdom of the Wicked, number two by Carrie Maniscalco. And I actually didn't say it, but it comes out on October 26th. Excellent. I really liked Stalking Jack the Ripper. So this one has been on my list of things to read for a while now. So dear listeners, I must apologize in advance for you see, there is only one real good way to announce the first title that I'm excited about for October. And I'm sorry for your eardrums, but the only way I can announce this book in true Stacy fashion is in song. It's a holly jolly diwali and this book's by Sonia Lolly. <laughs> it comes out on October 5th. So this book comes out on October 5th. It's a holly jolly diwali by Sonia Lolly. And Shannon actually texted me in advance just to make sure that I was actually going to be the one to talk about this because I've I talked did. about her other books. And at first I was like, well, I don't know. But then I looked at the title and I am a, first of all, I love Sonia Lolly. So I was going to talk about it anyway, but when I saw the title, I started cracking up and I'm like, with all the rhyming, I have to do this, but especially because this title has to be sung, not spoken because there's so much gorgeous rhyminess to it. So this lovely book is about Nikki and Nikki's 29 years old and she is a type A data analyst and she is not a data analyst because she's passionate about it. She's that she is a data analyst because she um, thinks that that would be a more secure job. Um, it's steady, good income. And also um, she is able to stay close to her family by being a data analyst. And so, you know, she dates men that look good on paper and don't give her butterflies. And she has kind of closed down the part of herself that loves all things creative, all things art and music. And this is her life. Well, then it was sad. I know it sounds like kind of a <laughs> kind of a dreadful way to live. Just very mm-hmm. yes, colorless and gray. And then Nikki, poor Nikki, who I'm assuming is a very diligent data analyst, gets laid off, and she decides to make this really impulsive decision, which is not typical for her. And she books a last minute flight to India so she can go to her friend's wedding. And once she's in India, she meets British musician Samir. And she and Sam hit it off right away. Um, I'm just guessing that he's sexy and musician-y. 
Um, I'm just making that up. It doesn't say that in the synopsis, but that's what I want to happen. So that's what I'm saying. And at the wedding, all these sparks fly. Well, then both Nikki and Samir go on. Now, this is a um, this is fascinating to me. It's a very different cultural thing for me. But um, her friend is going on a group honeymoon. And huh. so I know. And so Nikki and Sam accompany her on her honeymoon. Oh, and what I didn't say is that Nikki actually arrives in India just in time for um, Diwali, which is the Festival of Lights, which I can't wait to read about because I've never heard of this until I sang the title of the book. <laughs> and so anyway, while they're there, so she and so she and Sam kind of start having this lovely, lovely affair. And Sam starts kind of getting her back in touch with her um, her more creative side with music and art but he also starts getting her more interested in her Indian roots which I, it sounds kind of like she's maybe been ignoring well then as she's falling in love with Sam and going on this like group honeymoon there is a job <laughs> opportunity back home that she could pursue so Nikki has to decide you know what is going to be the most like what does she want to do does she want to continue on this path of like you know mundane drudgery where she's doing what's expected what is like keeping her feet on the ground or does she want to embark upon this grand new adventure that she began with Samir I need this book in my life you can bet your bottom dollar that I will be talking about this book for the holiday episode down the road here um so I'll be able to tell you what Sonia Lolly or what Nikki decides to do and if she and Sam you know have a holly jolly diwali or if they end up separate. But this is A Holly Jolly Diwali by Sonia Lolly. And it comes out on <laughs> October 5th. And I can't wait. Um, I love her as an author. And I've enjoyed all of her books that I've read. So I'm sure this one's going to be just as fun and just as full of amazing Indian culture. So I can't wait to read it. I want to read it too. Well, you have to sing the title, though. I think anyone who reads it has to sing the title and the author's name because it all rhymes. So this book is called The Lighthouse Witches by C.J. Cook, C-O-O-K-E. And it comes out on October 1st. And this is about a mother and her three daughters. And the mother is commissioned to uh, paint a mural in an old Scottish lighthouse. And so her and her three girls go off to the Scottish island for her to do this um, mural. And two of her daughters go missing. And after her, her daughters are named Luna, Sapphire, and Clover, which I really like, by the way. Um, and so Luna and Clover go missing. And after 20 years of both of them being missing, Luna gets a call about her younger sister, Clover. And she's really excited because she's going to get to see her again. But 
Clover is the same age as she was when she was when she went missing. She's still seven hell? years old. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so, um, and so she doesn't, you know, Clover doesn't remember a lot of her life on the island. And, but she will return there with her sisters and mother. And it says that she doesn't know how getting to know them again will change her um in the midst of all this and the mother is painting the mural she finds out that the hidden dungeon down below the lighthouse used to be a prison for women accused of witchcraft and the locals have warned her about uh wildlings and wildlings are magical people that pretend to be human but we don't exactly it it doesn't tell us exactly what they are it just says that they can pretend to be human and since clover is the same age as she was when she went missing um they are starting to suspect that she may be one and so this could get very interesting um, I, I can't wait to read this. It looks really good. Um, especially, I, I love books that take, uh, take place in places like Scotland or Ireland and things like that. And so this is going to be a great book to read. And once again, it is called The Lighthouse Witches by C.J. Cook. And it will be out on October 1st. Kristen, this, book's lo- this book looks freaky to me. And like, I really kind of want to read it desperately. I always think it's kind of creepy when like you have like a mysterious child, <laughs> like in a book. Yes. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think the like weird, mysterious children are the creepiest always. <laughs> and I'm not sure if this book is going to be frightening, but... I was actually a little frightened just reading the synopsis. AJ <laughs> Cook is pretty terrifying. Oh, okay. Um, I, okay. So I'm I not read, no, I read The Nesting. I can't remember if I read it last year. I think I read it right before the pandemic. Yeah, I've came never out. read anything by them. Oh, so. yeah. CJ Cook. Um, she was actually on the podcast last year and she's coming back for this book. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Cool. Um, but she she writes some very, very terrifying stuff. So my first pick tonight is not supernatural, although you might think it is from the title. So I am very, very excited to talk about Last Girl Ghosted by Lisa Unger. Um, Lisa Unger writes some amazing thrillers. She's only written one book that I really didn't like. Um, crazy love you I, I think about it and it makes me hostile so I just won't think about it anymore <laughs> but last girl ghosted is very very timely and it does one of these things that I really like a lot in modern fiction where you bring social media like right into the story the story is based around social media in this case it's based on a dating app so our heroine 
Now this worries me. The name of our heroine is not in the synopsis. And I really struggle with unnamed heroines. So I'm hoping that she has a name like when the book starts. Um, Otherwise I, I will not be happy. But anyway, so she meets this guy who also doesn't have a name on the internet. They meet through a dating app. And it is, as you would imagine, in a book like this, sort of this instant connection, right? Like she thinks that this is going to be, you know, the perfect person. And they start to build this bond. They, you know, spend time together. And then all of a sudden, kind of randomly, this guy disappears. His profile is gone from the dating site. His phone is disconnected. Like she just cannot find him anywhere. And so, you know, at first she thinks like, oh, you know, maybe she did something to kind of like turn him off, you know, and he's just not interested. So he's like hiding from her. But then she kind of starts to get angry and she starts doing some research and realizes that there are a lot of women who have been ghosted online. And sometimes after they've been ghosted online, they go missing, um, which is very bad. So now she's trying to figure out what happened to these women so that it doesn't happen to her. And it's supposed to turn into this like really excellent sounding cat and mouse game. I also like that the little tagline for the book is think twice before you swipe, (laughs) (laughs) which kind of makes me think of Tinder. Um, But this is Last Girl Ghosted by Lisa Unger. It comes out on October 5th. And I really, really, really want it now. It sounds like a book that I definitely want to read. Yes. So the first book that I'm super excited to talk about tonight is by Kelly Armstrong, who is one of my, one of my favorites. And, um, it's called a twist of fate stitch in a stitch in time book two, And it comes out on October 5th. Now, friends, I'm going to tell you this. I am actually not going to give you this synopsis to this book. I'm going to talk a little bit about book one, because book two, the synopsis contains spoilers if you haven't read book one. So we are going to talk about Bronwyn. And and Bronwyn is from book one. And when she was little, she lived a lot in her great aunt's home which they've said has always been haunted. And she had the ability to go through what is called a time slip back in time to befriend a little boy of the time period from a couple hundred years ago, Will Thorne. And she and Will are friends and hang out all the time. And then something happens, a great tragedy that I'm not going to go into because it would go in the book. And she leaves her great aunt's home for many years. The house is closed up. She's gone. And she's convinced herself that Will is just part of her imagination. But then her great aunt dies and she has to go back to the house. And when she does, she finds an adult, very handsome and very hurt Will, who feels abandoned and forgotten. And other problem is that there are many angry ghosts and somehow they're tied to Will. So if that sounds good to you, 
then a twist of fate may sound good to you as well. A Stitch in Time book two by Kelly Armstrong coming out on October 5th. And I apologize for sounding so vague, but I don't want to give anything away. And so this is a series that really seems to need to be read in order, which will make Natalia's heart so happy. Yes, it will. Kelly Armstrong is just one of those people that can write like anything. Yeah, I know. So true. So true. And I've actually been waiting for the second book to come out just so I could read the whole series. Um, my first book of the night is a really cool, cool thing that I have never read before. And I'm so interested in how this author is going to write it. It's called The Holiday Switch by Tiff Marcello. And this is a romance about a woman and a man who accidentally switch phones and discover, <laughs> therefore, discover each other's secrets. Oh, that's lovely. Can you imagine? I don't like holiday books, but I, I might have to deal with this one. <laughs> I love holiday books. Yes. So this book is about Lila Castro, and she's ready to take her last high school Christmas break. Oh, yes. Did I say this was a young adult? which I have not read by this author, and I'm so excited. So this is her last Christmas break uh, in high school um, where there's a lot of snow, there's a lot of holiday cheer, and she's making extra money working at a cozy local inn. But her perfect holiday plans crash to a halt when she meets her boss's really cute, really aggravating nephew, and he's a coworker on top of that. So on top of the fact that he's aggravating, she has to deal with him. And one afternoon, they accidentally switch phones. And when they do, they realize that they've been hiding things from each other. Ooh, juicy, juicy. Mm-hmm. So will their secrets and a dash of holiday spirit bring them closer to love? Ooh. Well, mm-hmm. you never know. I guess we'll have to find out. So this is the holiday switch by Tiff Marcello and this book will be coming out yay October 5th <laughs> oh October 5th October 5th is a great day yes. yes a fabulous wondrous glorious day so my next book tonight is A Shadow in the Ember Flesh and Fire number one by Jennifer L. Armentrout, and it comes out on October 19th. So again, the synopsis kind of, I need to say this one part, shrouded in the veil of the primals, a maiden as the fates promised. Serafina's life has never been hers. So Serafina's um, ancestor promised a maiden to the primal um, in order to like save his family. So her job is that she has to go and become the primal of death's um, consort. But there's this big secret. So nobody realizes this, but she's not just not not really a protected maiden but she's actually an assassin 
So her job is to make the primal of death fall in love with her, become his weakness, and then end him. So she's got like all these titles. She's the chosen, she's the maiden, and she's also an assassin. So as I said, like her life has just never been hers. And so her her life has always been mysterious, right? And she's got this mission, but then she begins to get to know the primal. And once he begins talking to her and she learns, like she sees some of the things that he does, like gets to know some of his deeds, she realizes that he's not really the bad person that she had been told. And at the same time, she's beginning to, this like spark of passion is beginning to develop between them. So I'm kind of looking forward, I'm not kind of, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what happens because if she doesn't succeed in her mission, then her family, like her people, um, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, sent to the rock and then there'll be no more kind of thing so I'm looking forward to what happens um this is actually kind of like a spinoff series from her I think it's blood and ash series so this is the story of I think his name is so I think it's n-y-t-o-s so Nitos and Serafina so you you kind of get to know you are introduced to them sorry in the flesh and not flesh and fire, the fire and ash series. I think that's what it's called. The fire and ash series. You get to like you're introduced to them, and now she's decided to give us their story. So I'm pretty excited about it because he seemed like a pretty interesting person. So this is um, a shadow in the ember, flesh and fire number one, and it's by Jennifer L. Armentrout. And it comes out on October 19th. I really want to read the like Fire and Ash series. And I've seen her uh, talking this one up on Facebook. So I'm pretty excited to kind of enter this whole world that she's created in these books. So I'm really excited about my next book. It's called The Brightest Star in Paris. Oh, and yes. it's, I know. And it's by Diana Biller. She who wrote um, The Widow of Rose House last year. That was also very, very good. And this book comes out on October 12th. This book is about Amelie. And Amelie is um, a dancer in the Paris Opera Ballet. So if any of you know me at all, you'll know that I had to read this book specifically because it takes place at the Paris Opera um, seven years after the siege of Paris, which means that it's at the Garnier and that is my favorite building on the planet. So, <laughs> because it houses the story of my first love, the Phantom of the Opera. So I'm very excited to read this book. It's about Amelie. She is, um, in the ballet of the Paris opera and she has been living a fake life for the last seven years as this very pious 
saintly person that everyone calls Saint Ami, or I don't know how they're going to pronounce it. It's A-M-I-E. So they could say Saint Amy, but I'm saying Ami because that sounds more French. And that's not really who she is. But, you know, she's doing this to kind of save her sister, but also because the Paris Ballet is faltering a bit and needs something to kind of shore up its reputation. So she kind of takes one for the team or the dancers in this case and (laughs) puts on this act of piety. Well, all of this begins to sort of tumble down when ghosts from her past, I believe it's probably not the opera ghost, but you know, you never know if it's not opera. Um, But when ghosts from her past resurface, she starts kind of like worrying what her future is going to look like. Well, That's okay, though, because upon the scene comes Dr. Benedict Moore. And 12 years ago, Amelie helped him remember how to live again when he felt like life was just too hard, too much. And she saved him. And now he's back in Paris. He's a doctor. He's there to recruit some young scientists, but hopefully also to see Amelie again. And when they do meet, he realizes she's in trouble and he offers to help her. But, you know... After she finally agrees, they decide the best way to kind of proceed is for them to have this fake courtship. Ah, yes. But will this courtship turn into love of the lasting variety? I don't know. But this book takes place during, like, the Belle Epoque in Paris um, at my favorite building. And it's about, you know, it sounds like it might be like a second chance love. There's also some fake courting I mean, it's all the things, ballet, opera house, like I need it in my life desperately. And her first book was quite lovely. So I'm really looking forward to reading The Brightest Star in Paris by Diana Biller. And it comes out on October 12th. Beautiful. I love books like around the opera with like all the like the dancing and and the costumes and the yes, (laughs) yes, yes. My next book, I love the, the the title of this book. It's great. Payback's a witch. It sure is. Bambi. <laughs> yes. The Witches of Thistle Grove, number one by Lana Harper. Okay, so this has a tiny bit of a Yasmin Gallinorn vibe to it to me. Huh? Um, <laughs> it, it's not completely like um was it whisper hollow step oh yeah. whisper hollow it it's not quite similar to that but it does have that vibe to me so emmy is a witch and though she's not very powerful that's a lot of her own doing because she hasn't been back to her hometown of thistle grove in years and she left on her own because of some bad family history a tiny bit to do with a bad breakup with gareth blackmore Mm -hmm. just a little just a little and um so but now she's she's being called back to thistle grove because a um, a contest that her family 
uh, arbitrates is coming up and her parents kind of guilt trip her into coming back and doing her family duty. So she's going back and her plan is to do what she has to do, visit with her best friend, Lyndon, and then get back to her own life in Chicago. However, when she gets there, she runs into this badass witch mm-hmm. who is more known for like the black magic type of thing. Talia is kind of heartbroken because she let herself get taken in by Gareth Blackmore. And he was also dating Lyndon at the same time. And they did not know about this between each other. And so now Lyndon and Talia want revenge. And they want Emmy to help them. So I I guess Emmy decides to help. It doesn't really say. But it does say that she... As things go on, she can't stop thinking about Talia. And I do believe, well, I don't believe, I know, that there is going to be some same-sex relationship in this, I do believe, uh, between Emmy and Talia. And just I'm here for that. Whole, me too. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't actually look for books that are LGBT, but it, you know, if they come up and I see them and they're interesting, then I like to read them. So this looks really good all the way around. Um, the reason I say Yasmin Gallinorn is because of like the small magical town. Yes. Yeah. Um, like the coming home after a long e- time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, things like that. So it looks really awesome. I can't wait to read it. Um, so again, this is called Paybacks a Witch, and it is Witches of Thistle Grove, number one by Lana Harper, and it comes out on October 5th. I, I love, really want to read this book. Yeah, I, I love too. magical books where people come back to like the hometown, Me like too. after years away. Yeah. I, mean, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it like when it's just a regular like small town, but I love it more when it's like a magical town and. They've tried to like deny their roots because of whatever. And then something drags them back. Yeah. Like, those books make me so happy. So happy. All right. So my next book I had to come up with because I was originally planning to talk about Susanna Kearsley. And then, and then someone decided that actually Susanna Kearsley wasn't going to come out until May of 2022. So. I went back to the lovely list of October books and I found something that I am super excited for. I'm kind of sorry that I skipped over it my first time through. So this is Keeper of the Night, Keeper of the Night book one, and it's by Kylie Lee Baker. It comes out on October 12th. So this is kind of a mixture of like Japanese mythology a little bit of British history set in like a fantasy version of our world. 
And our heroine is a young woman named Ren. And Ren is a reaper. She has spent the past several centuries stealing souls. So they say she's a young woman, but maybe that's just because she looks like a young woman. I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, she doesn't really feel like she fits in with the other reapers. She is half British and half Japanese. And there's just something about her that doesn't quite fit the reaper mold. So she does her best to sort of stay under the radar. She avoids the people that seem to want to torment her. But then something happens and she is sort of catapulted out of London and is forced to go to Japan where she becomes a priestess to the goddess of death. And she's given a really important and dangerous task that the goddess wants her to to complete. And if she doesn't, apparently something very bad will happen. Um, I don't know what that is, but it will. So I'm really intrigued by this. First of all, I love books where the protagonist is like working with a deity um, especially if it's a deity that I don't know a lot about. Like I love kind of learning about you know, people who are going into service to various gods and goddesses. Um, and I do not know anything, I think, about the Japanese death goddess. So I'm very, very excited for this. Um, I also really like the blending of like Eastern mythology into some of the, the British history that we already know. I think this is just a really cool mixture and I'm glad that I gave this book a second look. This is Keeper of the Night, Keeper of the Night book one, and it's by Kylie Lee Baker. It comes out on October 12th. This sounds awesome. I love the title. Yes, it does. I have always wanted to go to a Renaissance fair. And after reading the books by this author, it makes me want to go even more and um, don't tell my husband, but I'd love to find like a, like kilt wearing sword brandishing. Oh my gosh. My cat is. Your cat is objecting to your um, <laughs> he does, he lusting want, after. He doesn't want me to lust after kilt wearing sword wheel, sword wheeling men, but, no. this, but can I be really excited about this book? Ow. You're going to like the book, honey. I'm telling you, you're going to like it. So (laughs) I love when Al comes on the podcast. I know. For those of you who haven't met Al before, he's our one-eyed rescue cat, and we did not name him. He came named, and I wouldn't let my family change his name. Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about Renaissance fairs and cute guys in kilts. So if you want to read about Renaissance fairs and cute guys in kilts, you really should check out books by Jen DeLuca. This is her third book in this series, and it's called Well Matched, and it's coming out on October 19th. And it's the story of April, who you see in the first two books. And April is a single mom. She works really hard, and she's just on the verge of becoming an empty nester. And she's really, she's only lived in her small town of Willow Creek, like her entire life. And she just really wants to kind of blow this popsicle stand and like live her life. You know, her, she's going to be an empty nester. She has time now. So she asks her friend, Mitch, who I believe is the PE teacher at the high school to help her do some home improvement projects. Now, Mitch agrees 
but says that in order he'll be happy to help her, but could she do him a favor and pretend to be his girlfriend at a family dinner so that all of his family leaves him alone? And she's like, fine, whatever, we're friends. Mitch is kind of a flirt. I'm really interested to see how this book goes because he's kind of like made out to be this kind of like flirty, vapid character. But Jen DeLuca has really done a beautiful job of writing characters with a lot of depth. So I have a feeling that he's there's going to be more to him than just his flirty, hot body kilt wearing self. So she goes and does him this favor and he helps her with his house with he helps her with her house. And then summer comes and April decides to volunteer at the Renaissance Fair. That's like a huge part of the town every year. And she's never volunteered before. But here's the problem. Here's the issue. Mitch's family comes and she's kind of like sucked back into pretending to be his girlfriend, except for, and I I don't think this will surprise anyone, but suddenly it doesn't necessarily feel as fake pretending to be his girlfriend. And suddenly as things heat up and become more real, April's got some hard choices. Is she going to like, fly the nest and leave Willow Creek behind to go and experience the world? Or has she maybe found everything she wanted right here? So if you like Renaissance fairs and flower crowns and just great descriptions of what it's like to be part of a Renaissance fair, I would definitely recommend this series by Jen DeLuca. And this book is the third book and it's called Well-Matched and it's coming out on April 9th, or I'm sorry, October 19th. Um, and if you are interested, the first one, I believe, is called Well Met, if you want to start at the beginning. Did Great you just books. rush my birth and make the book come out April 19th? Are we in March? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I, you're, you're much more I gave birth than and I didn't know. I rushed your birth so that you could <laughs> oh, um, yeah. be done with the Where's whole pregnancy the part. I was so helpful. Mm. I don't look back very fondly on some time that I spent in Texas. But... <laughs> I did really, really I don't love think there's the Ren Fair. <laughs> well, the Ren Fair was there, and that was very cool. Oh, I would love to so, go to the Ren Fair. I've always wanted to go. So, my next book is a little bit of a gripe because I look forward to this author's holiday books every year. My <gasps> question is why don't Christmas books come out in December? Bro. So that you Maybe can to, read them before to September get you into, the, get mood. into the mood. But, but, well, either way, I want to read this today and it comes out October 26th. So I'm like oh. crying for two different reasons that have nothing to do with each other. Typical pregnant chick, right? Uh. So this book is called The Christmas Escape by Sarah Morgan. And I, I look forward, her. as I said, to all of her holiday books every year. She has a new one. She has so much holiday awesome. And uh, The Christmas Escape is about Christy Sullivan and her best friend, Alex. She was supposed to have a Christmas getaway. It's a trip to Lapland with her family and best friend, Alex. But there's some kind of make or break crisis going on in her marriage. And Uh she needs some time alone to figure it out with her husband. Oh, no. So her solution is that Alex take... Christy's uh, to take her little daughter to Lapland and Christy and her husband will meet Alex and the little girl on Christmas day. 
it's a big thing to ask, but uh, well, what are friends for, I guess, huh? And um, Alex doesn't know of anything that she wouldn't do for Christy, but Christy's request is giving Alex sleepless nights because for the first time ever, Christy has shut down and she's not telling what's going on. And Alex knows that there's something terribly, terribly wrong. And um, even the cold temperatures in Lapland are not able to dampen the serious, serious sizzle Alex is feeling for Zach, who is also a guest of the place where they are going on vacation and is a nemesis from the past. Oh, my. So as secrets unravel and unexpected romances shines under the northern lights, (laughs) can Christy and Alex's Christmas become as magical as they want? And give them the courage to fight for the relationships they truly desire. All please say yes. The saving of the precious gift that is friendship. Oh my god! I can't wait (laughs) to find out. We must read the Christmas escape escape Escape. coming out on the twenty sixth of October, twenty twenty one. And you know, Christmas sounds like a great time to go to the Northern Lights. I feel like that Ooh. needs to be on the bucket list. It would be cold, though, Natalia. It would be very cold. <sighs> that's true. But hey, Christmas is supposed to be cold. You know, I'm dreaming. Well, of that's a true. Christmas. Have you ever had a cold Christmas? Of course, darling. Oh, so you lived in Jersey. Boston. Yeah, Boston and New Jersey. So, my next book, I am so, so, so excited. I am so glad that Shannon reminded me that this is actually the one that I am talking about for this episode (laughs) and not the other one that I thought I was talking about. Cause I'm so, 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 I don't know if you really realize, but I am so excited about this book. (laughs) So this is a ruin of roses, deliciously dark fairy tales. Number one by KF Breen, who I will give credit to Stacy for introducing me to this author because I am in love. I love absolutely everything she writes. I am addicted. I think I've read almost, I think I might have read all of her books almost by now. Because I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, as I've done previously, I'm just going to start with this first little blurb that it says in the um, synopsis. So it's a spicy new twist on an old tale. Mm. So this is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. So we have a kingdom that has been cursed. They are shifters who cannot feel their animals. Oh dear. Um, They've been cursed by a mad king. And the only person that can really save them is Nyphane and he is a dragon shifter he's actually the last dragon shifter Ooh, and cool. <laughs> I like dragon shifters <laughs> <laughs> um, so he discovers our main character who I, I I don't I can't really tell you what her name is because um KF Breen always her synopses are always very much like in the first person so you don't really know the character's name um, until you read the book so 
he discovers her trespassing in the forbidden wood and he takes her as his prisoner um, because he feels that she is going to be able to save the kingdom. How is she going to do this? Well, she's going to help him tame his beast. Ooh. That sounds so dirty. That sounds so dirty, but whatever. This is camp rain. It could be really dirty. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there because like that gives you a good taste of what's coming up. I, again, am so, so super, super excited about this book. So this is A Ruin of Roses, Deliciously Dark Fairy Tales. I so love the name of that series. Number one <laughs> by K.F. Breen. And it comes out on October 15th. And I can't wait. Like, oh my God, I can't I wait love- either. I love anything to do with Beauty and the Beast. Like, Me I don't too. know how many times I've Me watched the Disney too. Beauty and the Beast movie. So first of all, this KF Green book, she announced it in her group a few months ago, and I screamed. And so it's, it's you know, there's some people who already have arcs of this book, and some of the reviews that she has kind of alluded to in the group make me laugh and laugh because... Um, I think some people are offended that it's kind of smutty, it's sexy, it's irreverent, and I think it's going to be just the most amazing read ever, so I cannot wait for it to come out. Beauty and the Beast is my favorite retelling of all time, so I am so excited. So apparently October is when the holiday offerings begin to arrive, it is because Natalia has a couple too that yes, October. So yes, you. I know. And like I'm a sucker for the holiday, as we know. And one of the episodes I look forward to the most all year is the holiday romances or a holiday reads episode. So I'm super excited because it seems as though October is when a lot of the holiday releases start coming. And um, I've been looking forward to this book for several months, and I can't wait to talk about it in my much-anticipated Holiday Reads episode that we always do for Book Bistro. And this book is Christmas in Rosebend, Christmas in Rosebend number two by Naima Simone. And as you might recall, I love this series. I was excited about it when it came out in Uh, The first one came out in like either March or April. And then um, I talked about the first book during an Authors of Color episode in the summer. Um, I, this is like one of my new favorite author discoveries of 2021. So this book is about Nessa. And Nessa is an ER nurse. She's really struggling. Um, She's on a road trip with her sister, her teen sister, Ivy, who's very sullen and, and withdrawn because recently their mother died. And as so often occurs in stories such as this, her mother made a deathbed confession that the man that Nessa has always believed to be her father is actually not her father. So Nessa is reeling from her her mother's death. She's trying to connect with her teen sister, Ivy. And 
somehow they end up in Rosebend. And I'm not really clear from the synopsis, like why they go there. I'm not sure if that's where her father is. I'm, I'm unclear. But they go to Rosebend during the holiday season. And it's like this excess of holiday cheer. And Nessa's never really loved the holidays, but, you know, the town and all of its, like, holiday charm has put a smile on her sister Ivy's face for the first time in a long time. So Nessa's going to suck it up and stay for the holidays and be there. And the other draw to Rosebend for Nessa is the innkeeper's son, Wolfgang Dennison. And she and Wolf have this great, I know, right? And she and Wolf have this great connection and, you know, is it time to explore that? And are we going to explore more about Nessa and her um, actual father in this book, her biological father? And that's all I really know about this book. But based on um, how wonderful A Road to Rosebend, which is the first in the series, was, um, I can't wait to read this book and kind of reconnect with the town and um, with the Denison family and just, you know, I, I need to know more about Nessa and her sister Ivy. So this again is Christmas in Rosebend, Rosebend number two by Naima Simone. And it comes out on October 26th. And I cannot wait. So my final book for tonight is called Once Upon a Wardrobe Ooh. by Patty Callahan. And she is also the author of Becoming Mrs. Lewis, um, which I think has more to do with um, uh, C.S. Lewis's wife, possibly. I, I haven't read that book, so I don't know. Um, so in this book, there is a young lady named Megs. I'm not going to try to say her last name. <laughs> uh, um, but Megs is on a scholarship at Oxford and she she's pretty much focused on solving the mysteries of physics and she's good with numbers and equations and all kinds of stuff like that but her little brother George who she <laughs> loves with all of her heart I know right um that who she loves with all of her heart doesn't have long to live. Oh, geez. We don't know why. Um, it's not said in the synopsis, so we'll probably find out in the book, maybe. And he becomes enamored with a brand new book called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh. And he begs and begs for Megs to find out where Narnia came from. And so, you know, she she loves her little brother and she would never deny him anything that she could give him. So even though she's a little intimidated by approaching C.S. Lewis, she has tea with, with him. And when she tells him about her brother and his question, he doesn't give her a direct answer. He tells her more stories, (laughs) but they're about his life. And 
she can't figure out why he won't give her just a straight answer. But he, you know, as she examines the stories he tells her, she understands more. And, you know, it, it just kind of changes her world. Um, but she goes back and tells all of these stories to her little brother. And um, that's really as much as we know from the synopsis. So I have always loved the Narnia books. Um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was the first book I ever read out of that series. However, it is not the first one chronologically. Oh, it's not? Um, no, it's is not. the Silver Cup or Silver? No, the Silver, the silver chair, chair. That's the last one. The first one is called, um, I think it's called The Magician's oh, Nephew. Oh, The Magician's Nephew. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know um, that. I didn't read that one ever. Um, I can't wait to read this because, like I said, I love C.S. Lewis. I love Narnia. The name of this book is Once Upon a Wardrobe by Patty Callahan. And it comes out on October 19th. Oh, I used good. to love those books when I was little. Okay. So my third book tonight is, so people that, um, you know, don't get to hear all the stuff that gets edited out of these podcasts won't know this, but Brooke thought that she would very sneakily take this book away from me <laughs> and keep it for herself. Less, uh, and so anyway she thought she would just like slip in and talk about it I I had to uh, stop that pretty quickly so this is As the Wicked Watch Jordan Manning book one by Tamron Hall it comes out on October 26th Tamron Hall is an Emmy award-winning journalist and she is writing a book featuring a female reporter the first book in a new series. I'm very excited about this. So Jordan Manning has this dream of being an anchor on a network news show, but she grew up in a small town where she didn't really get a lot of exposure to media. So when, after she's been in college, she gets offered a job in Chicago, she figures that's like one step closer to what she's always wanted to do. But now that she's working in Chicago, she realizes that there are a lot of crimes that the media just doesn't seem to want to cover. And an example of this um, is the disappearance of two Black girls from the city where, you know, we would think like people would be very concerned about this. People are missing, you know, like why is this getting the attention that Jordan thinks it deserves? So she decides that she's going to break this case wide open. And not only will this, you know, sort of help her, like, you know, get a good scoop on a story, but she's hoping that it will also kind of bring to light some of the injustices that are faced by people of color when it comes to crime. Um, This looks super, super good. It looks kind of intense. Um, but then I figured that's like the best thing about a new mystery slash thriller series. So I'm super excited about this one. It is As the Wicked Watch, Jordan Manning, book one by Tamron Hall. And it comes out on October 26th. 
I mean, I like the title, Shannon. Uh-huh. See, I told you, though, the book would not make you happy. I say, so I really liked all my books in this episode, but I saved the book that I want to read more than anything for last. And I am so sad that I have to wait until October 26th to read All the Feels by Olivia Dade. Spoiler alert, book two. I am dying. I wish Olivia Dade could be my friend and have coffee with me and that all of her heroines were like real people and could have coffee with me too. But this is the story of Alex. And if you read Spoiler Alert, you will remember that Alex plays Cupid on the popular show that the book revolves around, God of the Gate. And Alex is charming and charismatic and impulsive. He also loves Cupid fan fiction. Well, yes, I love how Olivia Dade weaves so much fan fiction into these books. It just makes my whole life. So Alex is trying so hard to be the character everybody wants and and he's so charming and has so much charisma and also be true to the character, which is not necessarily happening because the way they're writing it is different than what he wants. And he kind of has kind of a, I don't want to say explosion meltdown. He loses his mind and has this big, bad knockdown drag out bar fight. So they bring in Lauren, who was an ER, a therapist in the ER. So she figures that like making sure that one like larger than life impulsive star is going to be child's play after being in the ER and being a therapist there. And she really kind of needed like a break from all that. Well, Alex is pretty um, hard to resist. And Alex also finds himself obsessed with keeping his, and these are the words from his, from the um, synopsis, his very short minder, he calls her his minder, in his life. So he's trying to kind of redeem himself. And then there is another unfortunate incident that costs Lauren her job of being his minder. And Alex is just not going to put up with that. So as the world kind of watches from the outskirts and kind of, you know, has this whole opinion about how his star is falling, he makes Lauren go on a road trip with him up the California coast. And there are going to be things revealed and truths told and Both of them may need to follow their hearts. So if anybody who listens to this podcast loves Olivia Dade as much as I do, please, on October 26th, purchase All the Feels by Olivia Dade. So, speaking of October, I did not want to leave this episode without talking about a book that is so scary. 
god. And this is by the amazing and terrifying and wondrously scary horrifying Wendy Webb. And it's yes. called The Keepers of Medicine Valley. Ha ha ha. What is this- it? The Keepers of what? Medicine Vallow, which is a name of a place. I couldn't it's figure the out name the of name a or family a home. No, it's the name of a family home on Lake Superior because everything happens on Lake Superior, oh my God. especially on yes, Halloween. Yes, it does. Ah! So this is about Annie Hallow, <laughs> and her beloved grandmother has died. Oh. And of course, she has to return to her house, her family. Home, Metzen Vallow in Lake Superior. And the one thing that she thinks she's going to miss most about her grandmother, which I think a lot of us do miss about her grandmothers, is her eerie yet compelling and enchanting storytelling that she used to tell by firelight. Stories about spirits in a nearby forest and waters that could heal or harm on a whim. But of course, those were only stories. Or were they? Oh. oh, God. But now they must have a reading of the will. And this is what's causing the family reunion where Annie will see her twin brother and their almost otherworldly mother and other relatives that Annie hasn't seen in forever, some with very good reason. And now they're all brought together under one roof that strains to hold the family tension. We love it. But it's oh, not wow. just Annie's uh-huh. family who is unsettled. Whispers wind through the wood. Laughter bursts oh, from bubbling streams. <gasps> Raps from unseen hands rupture on the walls. Ooh. Ah. Fireflies oh, swarm God. and nightmares stir. With each odd occurrence, Annie fears that her return has invited less a welcoming and more of a warning. And when another tragedy strikes near home, Annie must dive headfirst into the mysterious happenings to discover the truth about her home, her family, and the wooded island's ancient law. Plunging into the past may be the only way to save her family from what is deviling Metinvalo. And to know what that is, you oh, must read The Keepers of Metzavallo by Wendy Webb with the lights on and the windows open. And even then, maybe <laughs> you will be so terrified you won't go to work the next day. You might not. When does this come out? This book comes out <gasps> October the 5th. Ooh. Ooh, at the beginning of October. Yes. All right. Well, that rounds off this episode of our most anticipated books of October. Thank you to Stacy, Sarah, Brooke, Natalia, and Kristen for recording this episode, um, or at least attempting to record it a few different times as my internet um, has been possessed by demons. Thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for all of her editing. And of course, we thank each and every one of you who joins us each week as we talk about great books. (laughs) 
If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.